song said, it's he who comes after me. The thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. I often point out, and I, I will right now, that these things took place in time and space. God came to earth. The word became flesh. It happened. It was as if he said it was between Tigard and West Lynn. You know, you go, oh, really? He says, yeah, this happened in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, verse 29, he saw Jesus coming to him. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue in our special Christmas celebration with part three of the message titled, There Came a Man Sent from God. We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started. I'll tell you, He is our everything. He's our hope, and I hope He's your hope, your joy. The uh, This time of year, man, is just so pretty. I love the lights. I love the music. Oftentimes I find myself uh, hearing the lyrics because so many of these songs just express the good news of a great joy. Good news of a great joy. That's what the angel said, and uh, it's good to let these lyrics just... Uh, marinate in our minds and hearts. Take your Bible this morning and turn to John chapter 1. We're going to look back at John again. Gary read uh, portions of it. I spoke from it last Sunday, and we're going to take another look at it on Christmas Eve. But today, our text is in one verse, actually uh, one phrase. One phrase in one verse I want us to look at, verse 41. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. It's one phrase. It's one exultant phrase. It's an excited phrase. This is Andrew, a follower of John, whom John has said, there he is. And Andrew began to follow Jesus, and the first thing we read of him doing is coming to his brother, Peter, and saying, we've found the Messiah. It's a joyous, excited phrase. I think we all understand this word, Messiah. We may not understand everything about it, but we use it enough, and it's part of our very being. Uh, Israel was waiting for the anointed one, the Messiah. And I believe that everyone in the room, and in fact everyone, we almost instinctively, we long for someone. And we talk about a Messiah. And sadly, we live in a fairly cynical age because you've maybe... Uh, had messianic hopes, so to speak. Maybe you've hoped uh, in a politician. Maybe you've hoped, you know, when we think of messianic hope, we think sometimes of military leaders who will conquer and deliver and that sort of thing. 
Or maybe, I mean, it, we're shallow enough in our culture, we think of an athlete. If we could just get the right guy, you know, it would be, everything would be cool. And we put misplaced hopes or down closer to home, maybe. We're tempted to think, if I could just find Mr. Wonderful, you know. And we'll put messianic hope in a spouse, a wife, a husband. Maybe you're here and you're just thinking that would be, that, that's what I want, that's what I need. Or maybe you're trying to find hope and fulfillment in a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I don't care where you put that hope. If it isn't in the Messiah, it is misplaced hope. And it will disappoint you. And that's why I think we live in a, in a cynical age because many of us have been burned. We've been disappointed. We've been let down. And so when I say the songs of this world, they're often written about that kind of that messianic hope. If I could just find the right person, the right relationship. And then increasingly there's more songs that are just melancholy and about the disappointment of that. And that's not what we were meant for, to put our hope in another person, a mere man or a mere woman. But you know, the Bible, the Bible reverberates with messianic hope. The Old Testament, there's this great anticipation for centuries of the Messiah, the one who will come and deliver and fulfill and meet our deepest needs. I've had different songs going through my mind this week. I bet you have too. And I love the, the music of this season, you know, but the one that's been just kind of relentlessly, and when I got up this morning, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Those aren't overstatements. The Lord Jesus Christ has come. And we celebrate because we've found the Messiah. And you've either found him or you haven't. And I'll tell you, there's a world of difference. The world we live in of despair and darkness and fear increasingly just binding people up. Or the joy. The joy the good news of a great joy. Now, both the Old Testament and the New Testament just reverberate with this messianic hope. And notice, look at verse 41. We, he, he found first his own brother, Simon. This is Andrew. He, he, he went right to his brother and said to him, We found the Messiah, which translated means the Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ isn't his last name. Christos, the Hebrew Messiah, the Greek Christos, the anointed one, the one in whom all the hopes and fears of all the years will be met, the one, the long-anticipated one. And he, notice verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. <laughs> we found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. The angel said, I want his name called Yahshua. Yahweh saves. 
Jesus. Jesus. It is he who will save his people from their sins. Well, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you're Simon, the son of John. You should be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. And by the way, you notice uh, in each verse so far, he's, he's giving translation. This is written. God isn't parochial. God doesn't have a little, a little uh, you know, thing with Israel. No, he's the king of the Jews. He is the God of Israel. But his purpose is worldwide, for God so loved the world. And so this book, John, is written with people like us in mind when he says Messiah. I'm talking about the Christ. And when he gives uh, a name for Peter, he says, uh, which tra- or Cephas, he says, which translated means Peter. The next day, Jesus purposed to go forth into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, that majestic call that we hear so often, follow me, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. Second phrase I want to underline, that one right there. Verse 45, we've found the Messiah, we've found him of whom the Bible wrote about, of whom Moses wrote about, and all the prophets, we've found him. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Well, Nathaniel said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I mean, that's like being born on the wrong side of the tracks. Nazareth? Are you kidding me? He said, we found him, the one that Moses wrote about. We found the Messiah. We found the one the prophets wrote about. He's from Nazareth. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And what did Philip say? Come and see. By the way, if you're here and you're, you've got questions about Jesus, I say, come and see. I meet many people, and I hope you're not one of them, but I I meet people who have rejected Jesus or just kind of left him off on the side here because they have questions, but they've never taken the time to come and see. I'm glad you're here this morning. Come and see. We're going to look at Jesus. And I tell you, pick up the Bible and just listen to him. Watch him walk among men. But that's what Philip said. He said, hey, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. Jesus knew Nathanael's heart. And he saw him from a distance. And he said, there's an Israelite in whom is no guile. And Nathanael was blown away. Look what he says. How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Jesus just offhandedly almost says, well, I saw you before you even came around the bend in the road. I saw you sitting under the fig tree before Philip. And Nathaniel goes, and he's exposed not only his heart, Jesus knows his heart, but Jesus knows his GPS. You know, he knows his location. He, he's omniscient. He knows everything. And Nathanael said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King. 
of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. (laughs) Yes, you will. You come to Jesus. You believe in Jesus. And it won't be just one attribute that God knows everything, that Jesus is God, that he knows He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He knows your heart. He knows where you've been. He knows everything. That's amazing. But you'll see greater things than these as you get to know him. You will see. We'll never end. We'll we'll never come to an end of what we will see in Jesus. And in fact, look at the last verse. He said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you'll see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You're going to see me come back. You're going to see the heavens opened up and you will see the angels of God ascending and descending upon me. He draws a picture, doesn't he? That if you're familiar with the Bible, you remember when Jacob saw that vision of God, he saw that ladder that mediator between God and men, that is Jesus Christ. And you will see him. And, of course, he's named here uh, yet another title or two. (laughs) He's been called the Son of God, the King of Israel, the Messiah, the one of whom Moses wrote. Here he is, the Son of Man. Now, last week, we glanced at what I called the, the first 18 verses. I I referred to it, and I will again, as the most profound six inches, perhaps in human literature. The first 18 verses of John. And we looked at the abrupt interruption that John was in that, that, that a man would get in that 18 verses, that six inches. And we're going to take another look at it. We've read it. We've let it impact us this morning, but we're going to take another look at it on Christmas Eve But today, I want to look at the fast-moving account of getting from that six inches to this statement, these two statements, really. We've found the Messiah. We've found the one of whom Moses wrote, uh, the Bible is all about. We've found him. So last week, we saw that it was pretty shocking, really. To have that interruption in the middle of those 18 verses, uh, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. He wasn't the light. He came, verse 8, he came that he might bear witness of the light. And so we enjoyed looking at his life, and he came to be a witness. That's all John was. He said, my whole thing is to bear testimony of Jesus Christ, the light. I'm not the light but I came to bear witness of the light. Well, let's just look at what happened then when he gets into the story. Uh, After that prologue, verse 19, this was the witness of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Because he'd rocked their world. John, the whole nation was in a state of expectation, wondering if this might be the Christ. Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny He confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. They said then to him, who are you? 
that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And when John was asked something about himself, here's what he said, verse 23. I'm a voice. (laughs) You can't even see a voice. I'm a voice. I'm not the light. I came to bear witness of the light. I'm a voice. I'm that voice that Isaiah wrote about in Isaiah 40. A voice crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now, they'd been sent, verse 24, by the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the uh, religious honchos, and you'll find them almost constantly in opposition to Jesus throughout the four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But they'd been sent by the Pharisees. And verse 25, they asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you don't know. By the way, stop and think about that. John's been saying, get ready, he's coming. And now he says, there's one among us. There's one among you. Stands. He stands among us, and you don't know him. Sadly, that's still the case. Most people in Portland don't know him. But John said, it's he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. I often point out, and I, I'll, I will right now, that these things took place in time and space. God came to earth. The word became flesh. It happened. It was as if he said it was between Tigard and West Lynn. You know, you go, oh, really? He says, yeah, this happened in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, verse 29, he saw Jesus coming to him. And he said, behold... The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They had seen hundreds, thousands of lambs, sacrificial lambs, slaughtered in Judaism over the centuries. The Bible said clearly these, the blood of animals could never take away sin. But they were pictures of the coming Lamb, capital L, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. And John says point blank, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Jesus didn't just uh, appear on the scene. He He didn't begin in Bethlehem. He's existed from all eternity. That's where John started. I didn't recognize him, but in order that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. And John bore witness, saying, I've beheld the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I didn't recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, God had told John, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending... And remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And you remember, 
when John baptized him. The heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended visibly as a dove upon the Son of God. And his father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What an amazing scene. The triune God, God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. John said, verse 34, I've seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. I'll tell you today, this Jesus is the very Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the long-anticipated one. He is the Alpha and the Omega. When we were singing that song, I was loving it because it was right out of Isaiah 9. And, you know, his name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The names and titles, you, it's almost inexhaustible to try to speak of this Jesus whose very name means he'll save you and me from our sins. Well, again, the next day, John was standing, verse 35, and two of his disciples. And he looked upon Jesus as he walked, and he said it again, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Humanly speaking, this is John, John's done. This is what he came for. There he is. And his disciples, who were followers of his, said, and they began to follow Jesus. And John's work is over. Verse 38, Jesus turned and beheld them following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you'll see. They came, therefore, and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he went and found Peter, and he said, we found the Messiah. You've been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, There Came a Man Sent from God, a message from our special Christmas series. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. If you don't have a church home in the area, we'd like to invite you to join us for our special Christmas Eve candlelight services. Join us Saturday, December 24th at either 3 or 5 o'clock in the evening for a great time of worship, Christmas music, our kids' choir, and a special Christmas message. It's such a wonderful time of year in celebrating our Savior's birth, and we'd like to share it with you. If you'd like more details, just browse to our website at swbible.org. We hope to see you there. We're thrilled to announce the publication of a new book written by Pastor Scott Gilchrist. It's called A Brief Exposition of Romans. 
It's a 266-page chapter-by-chapter commentary on Romans that we're sure will enhance your understanding of this critical book in the New Testament. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online booksellers. But during our study of Romans, we'd like to send you a copy as a thank you for a gift of any amount to the ministry of Downtown Bible. You can find us online at downtownbible.org or by mail at P.O. Box 19191, Portland, Oregon, 97280. We'd love to put this valuable resource in your hands. Since Christmas is falling on a Sunday this year, we'd like to let you know that our Sunday Christmas service will be at 11 a.m. Sunday, December 25th. There's more information available at our website at swbible.org. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. This is the long-awaited one, Jesus Christ. It's not his first and last name. Jesus, the anointed one, is the long-awaited one. He's the one you and I need today. He's the one. He is the Messiah. Listen, the Bible is all about one person, Jesus Christ. About three-quarters of it, the Old Testament, written before Christ, B.C., is, you could characterize it by the word anticipation. Then you have the four accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you could characterize them by saying the manifestation. This, there's this anticipation of Jesus, and then He's here. And you see him walking among men, loving like no one ever loved, speaking like no one ever spoke, helping and healing people. Join us again next time as we continue in our Christmas celebration. Pastor Scott brings part four of the message titled, There Came a Man Sent from God. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. 